Hey, Locked On White Sox fans, it's me, Chris Tannehill, one half of Locked On White Sox, with a special message for you today. You see, today is the 108 tourney on social media. Go to Twitter, search hashtag 108 tourney, follow our guys at from the 108 on Twitter, and you will see Herb and I are fighting for our lives, and we need your support today. We're in a very tough play-in round. I, myself, I'm squaring off against Gas Money Bob and Scott Merkin. Herb is facing fellow score teammates Shane Reardon and Sean Anderson. We need your votes to make sure that that we can break through and get into the first round of the tournament. Yes, can you believe it? We're in a play-in round. So get online and help us out. Vote Herb, vote Tanny, at from the 108 on Twitter, the 108 tourney. Let's win this thing, huh? Be the change you want to see in the world. White Sox! White Sox! Go, 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 go! dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill and the show is at locked on socks on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. And if you want to send us a voicemail, we've got a lot of those submissions. 312-566-8727. Without any further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you doing? Doing great. Enjoying my St. Patrick's Day leftovers here. Right? My corned beef and cabbage still got plenty. Hoping to stretch it out the rest of the week. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there. And today is part two of our conversation with Chris Castellani of Locked On Tigers. And today he turns the tables on us, okay? He talks. He asks us White Sox questions. We did it with Jeff Ellis last week. So we did it again today for part two of our crossover series with the AL Central. We're going to talk to all the other teams in the Central. We got the, the Royals. We got, two, we got our two people that we actually, well, not the people, but the teams that we actually decently like yeah, out of the way. Yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be uncomfortable here uh, from, from this point forward. But Talk to the well, damn Royals and Twins people. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. So this is a fun conversation we had with Chris, and Chris is very insightful, and it's always good to take a, a different perspective on, on, on the White Sox and see what people from the outside think of the Sox. And if you listen closely at the end here, there's a big reveal by me on where I think the White Sox will finish this year. Uh, so that that's coming up in this episode as well. So without any further ado, here is our episode with Chris Castellani of Locked on Tigers. And it's brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, I'm here with the guys from uh, Locked on White Sox, asking them a few questions about the Southsiders. Uh, the first thing I'm going to start off with, because it's a player that, well, first of all, uh, Tim Anderson is probably about to be the biggest Tiger killer of this generation, so I hope you guys are, are ready for that. But I want to lead off with another one of their big prospects who weirdly has not seen a major league field in three years. And the question is, and, and you can both answer this if you want, what's what's the deal with Michael, Michael Kopech? Is he, is he healthy? Is he going to be in the rotation? Is he a bullpen piece? What's his outlook right now? 
they've stated that Michael Kopech will start off in the bullpen. He had a little minor setback the other day where he's injured, and then they just pushed him back to the Monday relief appearance versus the Cubs, which he did Michael Kopech things. You know, Michael Kopech comes in the game, and he's electric. He's got the 100-mile-per-hour fastball. He's got the the other stuff working for him. And now he's going to have a bullpen role where they're trying to establish him as a great weapon because our starting rotation the top is a little heavy and then we got cease and then maybe Rodon or Lopez. So they want to ease Michael back in because you said he hasn't pitched in three years uh, in the major leagues. What they'll use him as is like a, a bridge, maybe in those starts where the fourth and fifth starters don't go enough. Michael Kopech can get the bridge to that filthy bullpen that the white Sox do have. Um, and then sometimes maybe a spot start for Michael Kopech during the season, because what they want to do eventually is just build them up to being a starter next year. And okay. so that's what I, my thoughts on Michael Kopech is for this year. He's just going to be a very underutilized player, but when you see him, you're like, oh, son of a bitch, we got Michael Kopech again. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of out, out of necessity, too, because there's no playbook for a guy who hasn't pitched in three years and the starting and stopping and then opting out last year for COVID reasons. Yeah. And there's no you know, manual to this. So they're going to be very careful how they handle it. I think if the White Sox had it their way in a perfect world, they would get production from their fourth and fifth starter spot with Dylan Sees and Carlos Rodon. And Rodon's look good early on in the spring here. And I think... Their perfect world for Michael Kopech is to slowly ramp him up so he can be a multi-inning weapon that can be uh, implemented in the postseason. I think that's what they're looking for is having a guy that can give you another look second time through an order against whoever you're playing in, in the postseason and have that be when he's at his most effective, most warm um, you know, arm is good. So, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know if they'll use him as an opener. I hope they're hoping that they don't have to do that. I, I would imagine. And then maybe next year they can reevaluate him in the starting rotation. But they said, Rakan has said, you know, when he first, uh, you know, had his press conference in Glendale at the beginning of, of the spring that they intend on, you know, it's sort of like the reverse Strasburg thing where they intend on, intend on ramping him up and conserving him early. So you may not see him a lot early on in the season, but, you know, by the end of the year, you'll be seeing plenty of Michael Kopech, hopefully. And, and I mean, it's different circumstances, obviously, but you look back to kind of how they handled Chris Sale when he was he was coming up and they started him coming out of the pen. He ultimately ended up becoming you know one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. You know, I. Uh, in Detroit, there's been so much frustration, uh, and I have probably led the charge in terms of this frustration regarding the the spending, how they've how they've gone about signing free agents. I mean, it, this year we were kind of promised change, and we didn't really get it. Not to say the signings were awful. You know, you bring in Wilson Ramos, who's who will be the starting catcher, Robbie Grossman, re-signed Scope, but they're just cheap. They're they're you know where we come from an era with Dave Dombrowski where they were spending gobs of money on big time free agents. The difference is the Tigers aren't close yet. The White Sox are very close. I mean, they're a team that made the postseason a year ago have, you know, I'll ask you guys about this in a second, one of the best lineups maybe in the entire sport, I guess. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask uh, Herb, I'll ask you this question. What's Is there a frustration level regarding how they've spent their money during the offseason or is, is the general belief like, okay, I think I think good is good enough right now? I'll speak for myself because White Sox Twitter is very, very uh... – split on this some people are just like oh man team's ready to go 
what they did this offseason solid. Me, I'm very disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's an incomplete offseason. When we are looking at these rebuilds, all these rebuilds, and we look at the Cubs rebuild as the one that um, is like the White Sox. So you strip it down to the bottom and you build it back up. Right. What the Cubs did when they had a chance, they went out and got John Lester, one of the biggest free agent pitchers and probably their be- biggest free agent p- uh, signing of all time. Mm-hmm. They went out and got Jason Hayward. And no matter what you say about his success, he was a big time free agent. Mm-hmm. And they supplant like when they had uh, spots needed to be filled, they went out and got the best or what they thought were the best players to fill those spots. So the White Sox haven't developed a right fielder in ever. And designated hitter is also a problem in the last couple of years. This year, they're talking about Andrew Vaughn being a guy from single A when he did that in 2019 to jumping all the way to the majors this year. Fine. And if he is that good, smooth. But it's a, the process of that is just flawed. They're in the talks with Nelson Cruz. Of course, he went back to Minnesota. That would have been a perfect guy yeah. for the White Sox to have going into a year they're, they're competing. You went and traded one of the guys that I like the most, Dane Dunning, a promising young arm who started the third game of the playoffs for a one-year Lance Lynn. And I love Lance Lynn, what I've seen of him in spring and what he talks about after he's done pitching. But it's one year. So you're you're saying to the fan base, this one-year guy is here. So if we're getting this one-year guy, we're going for it. We're going for it. And Tony La Russa is a 1,000. So to have a guy that old means that you're going for it. But they didn't follow up those signings and that uh, managerial hiring with enough players to say, okay, that looks like they're going for it. You had George Springer available. Didn't even come close to even yeah. offering him. And maybe I wasn't even looking at George Springer, but talk to him. Say what's, see what's up. His number wasn't even that big when he signed with the Blue Jays. We downshifted and we pretty much signed Adam Eaton in the middle of December. Like we're at a bar at 2 a.m. and trying to look for that last girl so we could take home. Instead of let's relax. Let's see what's out there. Let's see if somebody falls to us like they could have had Jock Peterson, which they tried to get him for $10 million. And he said no. And eventually he signed with the Cubs like late in the year, like in uh, January or February. It just like all their moves in the offseason weren't complimentary to the team that they have. Now, the White Sox are going to be really great. Yeah. The offense is awesome. Pitching staff, awesome. Bullpen, the best. But I don't think that they pushed the gas down this year in 2021 where you see other teams do it. And I know the Padres and the Dodgers are in the NL, but you're going to have to see them if you're going to go to the World Series. And the Yankees, forever they've done, they went out and got Jameson Tyone. They got some reinforcements. They got their guys back to get DJ LeMahieu back. Mm-hmm. I just think that when you're in this position, you got to go for it. And it didn't seem this offseason like the White Sox were interested in going for it. They're interested in winning the championship, but they're interested in winning the championship for their price, not for anybody else's price. Yeah, and I, I get that completely. And I was surprised because I thought in general, I thought the offseason moves you guys made after 19 
some of them didn't work out. Obviously, Mazzara didn't work out, but bringing in bringing in Grandal, I thought was an excellent signing. To me, he's one of the more underappreciated players in the entire sport. I mean, in terms of we're talk, looking at framing metrics, one of the more valuable catchers in baseball over the last several seasons. And this year, yeah, it was it was kind of lower, you know, bargain bin signings. The thing is, I think that your rebuild is you know very comparable to what the Cubs did. But as you said, you guys haven't signed a John Lester yet, and, and, and you're waiting. You're kind of waiting for that big punch. And there were many guys available uh, this year that you know they probably could they could have signed either short term like a Nelson Cruz or long term like a George Springer, and they didn't. But I also think that there is a lot of trust within the core that they have, which is understandable. This was a team that was very successful a year ago. Show, showed a whole lot of promise. Coming up after a quick timeout, have we finally come to terms with the Tony Larusa hire? Chris tries to probe that out of us and more here. On- Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, folks, there's many reasons to repair and maintain your automobile, but the first one, most important, is to save money, right? Preventative maintenance, it's key for any automobile owner. So tell me something, why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Why do that when you have access to a vast catalog of auto parts for a fraction of the price at rockauto.com. You see, what I'm talking about here is these chain stores that you go to, they've got different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers like you and I. But rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody, and most importantly, they're always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. But rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business, and they've been serving auto parts customers like you and I online for over 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And when you do that, do us this favor, won't you? Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I do have to ask, and and I know you guys weren't happy about it, but I got to bring it up because I've said a million times on my podcast, the Tigers got incredibly lucky because the White Sox managerial position was probably the most appealing that baseball seen maybe in the last decade. I mean, we're talking about a team that is absolutely on the up and up with a great core, a team with a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, an awesome lineup, and A.J. Hinch would have walked there. And I, I don't care what he said in the press conference, he would have. Absolutely. Cora would have too if they would have offered him also. I guess, and so I know you guys aren't happy with the Larusa hire. I've, I've followed you enough to know that. I just get the mood of general baseball fans. I don't know of any White Sox fan who is, but uh, and I'll ask you this, Chris, this question, Chris, just is there now that the dust has settled a little bit, is there any good you see out of this? Is there any positive uh, that you've seen coming out of this hire where that's maybe made you change your opinion a little bit? Or are you still uh, as negative as you were when it happened? No, absolutely. I, I sort of changed the way I look at, at this. You know, the, the story 
just from the from jump, like it was just a very complicated and a very layered situation, and it was just so much of a, of a nuisance more than it had to be. You know, this was like you said, a very appealing gig, and it felt so White Sox to bring in a guy that was here thirty years ago. And you're, you know, they try to debunk narratives about uh, you know writing wrongs from from previous history when the former general manager Hawk Harrelson fired Tony Larusa, and you know Jerry Reinsdorf became friends with Tony and remained friends with him throughout his you know successful years in Oakland and St. Louis but and then it got more complicated with the DUI incident and that's really where it, you know the, the not the entire fan base but most of the recent fan base like us Herb and I really got upset about that because they you know report came out Bob Nightingale said Jerry Reinsdorf knew about it before it happened and seemingly didn't tell his own general manager Rick Hahn so there's that layer baked into it so we were wrestling with that back and forth all off season who know who knew what and when and then you know once camp starts things begin to shift a little bit you know you you put all that stuff behind you and you can focus on things happening in the field and I got to tell you I've been really impressed with Tony LaRusso and you know I did say after the hire was announced before even the DUI stuff came out. I said, ask me how I feel about the hire when they when they break spring training and they're ready to play uh, against the Angels on opening day. I'll tell you what I think about the managerial hire because Herb and I generally think managers don't matter that much. But at the same time, Tony La Russa is a Hall of Famer, right? He's a Hall of Famer baseball person, as he told the, the Maricopa County Police. And I've been impressed by him so far in, in spring training. He's a smart guy. He knows his personnel. And you could tell he did – a ton of homework. Now, the funny thing about that is who knows at what point he was promised this gig, but he came in on day one and he knew the roster top to bottom. You're talking about guys that most of the diehard fans didn't have, you know, being a contributor in 2021. Jimmy Lambert is a guy who most Sox fans, you know, we saw him in the bullpen last year, but Tony comes in like first day. He's like, yeah, Jimmy Lambert's a guy who I could see, you know, making a competition out of this thing and making a spot start here or there early on in the season. So Sox fans were kind of like, okay, all right, we see you. But he has really engaged this team in a, in a fun way. And any of the the stuff that people talked about, oh, they're not going to be able to have fun. There's going to be no more bat flipping. Guys are going to be scared to be themselves. And Tim Anderson added a lot of fuel to that fire early in the offseason when he basically said before Tony even reached out to him, like, yeah, I'm going to be me regardless. And so everyone kind of followed his lead. And I also said that Tony's smart enough to know a clubhouse with good chemistry when he sees it. You know, th those things are built and forged over years uh, of, of ups and downs of baseball seasons. And the, the Sox had a perfect mix in the clubhouse. And Tony's smart enough to know not to mess that up. And so far, so good. You know, I like what I've seen. And he's doing a lot of fun situational stuff, getting them prepared to go from a good team to a great team in terms of the things that they're working on, the fundamentals and the situational hitting, stuff that these young guys really haven't done much of in their development when they're going through the rebuild. So now they're learning how to win and take it to the next level. And so far, I think we could finally say we put all the ugliness of the offseason behind us with the Tony La Russa hire, and now we can only focus on the good things because everything about Tony La Russa, everyone said first thing he does when he wake up in the morning is figure out how to win the baseball game. And he's got a hell of a bullpen, and Tony loves his bullpens. So he can deploy this bullpen any way he sees fit in a lot of fun ways and have it day in and day out, even though you have a solid starting rotation. Hopefully he won't need to use a bullpen as much, but I think Tony's going to have a lot of fun with this team, and they're going to have fun having him as the manager because they're going to win a lot of games, and ultimately it won't matter. It's a weird thing because, objectively speaking, Tony La Russa is one of the greatest managers of all time. 
And, and uh, ideally, you would, I mean, in terms of success, you look at what he did, you know, in Oakland and in St. Louis, like you would think, okay, this is a guy you want managing our team. But I think because of how much the game has changed over the last 10 years with the influx of, of analytics and sabermetrics, I, I think there's a lot of people who will believe that he may be a little bit stuck in his ways. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Ultimately, like you, like you said, you know, a manager's worth, you know, four or five games a year. Now, my argument, my counter argument to that has always been, yeah, but those games can be the difference between, you know, making it to the World Series and not missing the postseason, obviously. But I, I, I wanted to ask, and this question will be for you, Herb. You know, the, it's been an adage as old as time, right? The idea that the the team on the South side is is not as appealing or or sexy as the team on the North side. But I I contend that over the last two years. There's been a shift. Not only have we seen broadcasters go from, you know, we've seen uh, 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 Len Casper go from uh, uh, the Cubs. All of a sudden now he's going to be doing radio uh, for the White Sox this year. But you have Tim Anderson, who's one of the more likable, fun players in the sport. You have Lucas Giolito, who just seems like an unbelievable guy, really wholesome dude. You know, uh, Eloy Jimenez, those guys having fun in the outfield. Uh, those clips were hilarious last year of, of you know, Jimenez stealing his balls in the outfield uh, last season. I thought you meant him winding up in the net at Comerica. I was like, that wasn't so funny for us. No, no, exactly. Yeah, no, I wasn't talking about. And he was the, he was the one who who injured himself during the Giolito celebration, right? Well, they yeah. say they say well they say that he heard it in the Cleveland series. Oh, okay, um, and then he re- but and then he reaggravated it. Yeah, that's that's what put him out for that for that playoff series. But yeah, you're 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but, he's fun no matter oh, what no, he's no, doing. I mean, there's a ton of fun players, a <laughs> lot of power, a lot of home runs. I mean, it's it's a really it's one of the best cores we've seen in a minute. Do you guys get the impression, because I'm not, I don't live in Chicago. Has there been like more of an influx of media attention surrounding the White Sox now that they seem to be ascending and the team on the north side is kind of so-so or maybe descending or going the other direction? I would say, yeah, I think that the trend of baseball is fun and we need fun things to look at, especially since we've gone through a pandemic and still in a pandemic. You know, you always look over to the Padres. They have Fernando Tatis, Mr. Excitement, and then the White Sox. So I think those two teams are specifically the teams that the rest of baseball is like, man, not only are they good, but they're fun to look at. They're fun to to watch the games because, you know, when they do something, they're going to have an enjoyable time. I mean, Eloy is electric with his smile and his bat is just as good. Um, you were speaking about Luis Robert. That guy is a monster in his rookie year, won a gold glove, and he's just getting to the tip of the iceberg of his talent. Like he'll after his, the year three, which is next year, he'll be probably one of the best players in the game. I'm already calling that because the guy just knows baseball right now as a second year player. And imagine when he learns the pitchers and what they're trying to do to him. He's going to be a beast. Um, yeah, and fun guys like Lucas Giolito like to have a good time on the mound, like to have a good time with his teammates. And I think that – Don't forget Yoan. Yoan's going to oh, yeah, come, Yoan, come out. I mean, he has his own music video, and he's going to use it as his walk-up this year. Oh, yeah, he's got that <laughs> sexy video. I mean, he's got the shirt open. I mean, another thing, like Eloy's got only like two buttons on his shirt. I hope Tony doesn't change that about him. So, yeah, they got a lot of fun dudes on the team. The guy that is our best player, the American League MVP, he's a little stoic, but these young players keep him young, and they keep him happy in Jose Abreu. So, yeah, this is a, a shift in where 
this, I would say, 70 or 65, 35 Cub fans to Sox fans when uh, a couple years ago. Now it's still Cub town. It's probably like 60, 40, but we're coming with the young, the young kids, the millennials and the Generation Z people. They're they're gravitating towards the White Sox and the fun that they have all the time at the ballpark. And it doesn't hurt that they're winning and that they're multicultural, like uh, having an African-American as one of your best players is very unusual in baseball nowadays. A lot of Cubans on the White Sox, adding Liam Hendricks, an Australian. You know, it's just a very, very well-rounded and fun team to root for. It's very hard to root against the White Sox unless you're in the AL Central. I mean, look, last year I, I found myself rooting for him, honestly, because I, I like how they've built their system up. I, I like the core of players. Luis Roberts going to win an MVP at some point in his career. That guy is is a five-tool, generational, can't-miss caliber talent. And I know Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year last year. If we, I think in a full season, given his power and, and how quickly I think he would have adjusted, I think he probably would have ended up winning it. I think he's going to be one of the top 25 players in baseball this year. I honestly think so. I'll ask you this straight up, Chris, because this is uh, a lineup that has a ton of power. They have guys who hit for average. Is this the best lineup in baseball at full health? With Moncada at full health, is this the best lineup in the, in the sport? Oh, man. It's it's hard to argue against it. The, the problem is, though, is it to see who bounces back to their more true version of themselves. Like if Yohan Moncada goes back to – 2019 Yohan Moncada where he was a top 10 you know he got a top 10 MVP vote then yeah Adam Eaton if he goes back to more so what's on the back of his baseball card then yeah there's like there's a lot of of, of variables here And, and I totally agree with you about Luis Robert you know he really struggled in September but you know early on this spring it looks like he he's starting to figure out what pitchers are trying to do to him so if he makes that adjustment look out but yeah i mean who else would you even have up there uh, in terms of best lineup so you know yankees dodgers, dodgers I, I, yeah. yeah the only one i would have is up there can would probably be the dodgers yeah yeah you know that that's that's an interesting you know at dodgers with the experience but yeah in the in the american league yeah, i could probably sit here today and say the white Sox have the best lineup like they they're versatile in that it's not just a bunch of thumpers you know, Miguel, you know, I always talk about Eloy and I see a lot of a young Miguel Cabrera because when he's at his yeah. best, he's he's hitting for power to the opposite field and he's not trying to do too much with it. So I'm really encouraged, like if that's like your quote unquote bopper in the middle of the lineup, like he's talking about how, you know, he wants to win MVP this year and a lot of people are predicting him to hit 50 home runs. It would be the first time in franchise history that a White Sox player has hit 50 home runs. Albert Bell with 49 leading the way. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot lot of versatility in the approaches and the guys in this lineup and I think that's what makes them so dangerous they're not one-dimensional they've got on-base guys like Grandal and TA just sets the tone at the top where he can you know sort of have that Ricky Henderson effect at the beginning of a ball game where he can take you deep and really you know set a, a charge into the rest of your lineup so yeah it would be it would be hard to argue uh, that there's a, a lineup better in the American League than the White Sox right now. Herb were you surprised by the the money that Liam Hendricks got because in fairness we talked about you know them kind of their lack of spending during the offseason Liam Hendricks got a big deal were you were you surprised that the, that they splurged the way they did on him yeah because I thought like spending money on a closer and we talk about this all the time don't right. pay for don't pay for closers pay for outs and the White Sox already had a premium bullpen 
without mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks. I mean, they could have re-signed uh, Colome, who went to Minnesota, and I think for much less. But when you have the premier closer out there and premier reliever out there, it's good to go and get him. And we were hyped when he got him, but also had some trepidation because we're like, it's a lot of money to spend. And so if they're going to say, oh, we spent a lot of money, we're done type of thing, then we're going to be really pissed. And that's exactly what happened. Right. Where it's like, oh, yeah, guys, we spent all this money. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Getting a right fielder. That's really good. Now, a de- designated hitter. <laughs> Come on now. Um, so that's the only problem I have with Liam Hendricks. Um, I, congratulations to him for getting that great deal. He earned it. But I would just wish for if they knew that they had a pile of money to not spend it on a closer, especially when you have this type of team where they could have had Cody Hoyer um, be the closer this year if they didn't want to spend any money on that bullpen. And I think what most White Sox fans have been like, you know, we probably should have just re-signed Alex Colome or something else, but they would have been like, you know, Cody Hoyer is pretty filthy himself. And uh, it, it would be hard for them to be like, I don't like the back end of the bullpen. So getting Hendricks, it's awesome. It solidifies the bullpen, but we also knew in the back of our minds that if they spent all that money on him, they would cry poor for everybody else. And that's what they did. And that's why the, the off season for us was largely disappointing. Yeah. And I, I'm with you there. Cause it's, he's probably the best closer in baseball. Right. But when we're talking, when you sign him to a multi-year deal and I, in general, I'm kind of against just splurging on relievers in general, cause they are so inconsistent. I mean, more so than any other position you show up one year and you can just not have it. We've learned that many times in Detroit. And I really liked Alex Colome and just thought, you know, you could sign him to a two year deal for less money and get a guy who's, you know, close to as effective. But with that said, it's a good problem to have. Liam Hendricks is elite. Coming up after a quick timeout, where do we think the White Sox will finish the season? Herb and I's answers may shock you next on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, yes, but NBA, NHL, MLB Futures, and College hoops, they're all in full swing. Herb, what are you looking at? Tournament time's always big. You're gonna, there's a lot of money to be made during the tournament, a lot of money to be lost, too. Uh, anything you're looking at here as the tournament gets underway this week? Yeah, with my line, I playing this uh past Sunday, they played for the Big Ten Championship, and I saw a team that I like. You know, I won't bet on the line, I which you can here in Illinois. If you really want to, on betonline.ag, they're an offshore site. So you want to bet a versus the Illini and have them go all the way to the Final Four or cutting down the nets, do it. But I saw the other team I want to vote for or I want to put my money behind, and that's the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I'm going to betonline.ag and putting all my money on the good value you can get right now on the Ohio State Buckeyes, even in their first-round matchup versus Oral Roberts, or to go all the way to the Final Four, or to cut down the nets. It's all in the same place. It's in Indianapolis this year, so there's no travel. So I think Ohio State and Big Ten teams especially have a distinct advantage being in the facilities and being in the area for the last week plus. Interesting. So you can bet on anything you want practically on betonline.ag, including award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. 
and these odds are updated in real time. There's props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code locked on at betonline.ag. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar. It's been on the market for a while now. It's the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. I just got my Built Bar package dropped off earlier this week. I ordered 24 of them German chocolate cake, cookies and cream, mint brownie, and of course, my favorite, the coconut. And it's funny because my partner, Herb Lawrence, they sent him a case of coconut because I think they're trolling him, to be honest with you. He's anti coconut. So, guess what? Guess who got Herb's surplus of coconut? That would be me, and I'm enjoying those at work. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Get 15% off your next order when you use our promo code LOCKED15. And go to Built Bar on Twitter. That's Bar underscore Built on Twitter, and you can see who today's matchup is for Built Bar Madness. They're trying to figure out which Built Bar is the best. I have my favorites. I'll save that for later. Remember, 15% off at BuiltBar.com with promo code LOCKED15. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. We're counting down the days to opening day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And next Wednesday, March 24th, the Lockdown MLB Podcast begins one of our biggest events of the year, the Lockdown MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every market answer the biggest questions around each team. There is no better or easier way to get baseball smart before opening day. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. This will be my last question, and it'll be for both of you. Uh, finish this sentence. By the end of the year, the White Sox will be? In the American League Championship Series. Chris? Oh, man. I'm going to make you reveal it here, Herbie, on, on Locked On Tigers. <laughs> um, World Series champions. Damn! And, I, and I'll tell you why. I'll make, make, I'll make my case for this later on, but I think it's it's more of a, of a situation where they have the, the mix of talent where they don't know any better, and they've got free agents uh, to be. Like, they got Lance Lynn here for one year. They have, they have a lot of guys that are here on, on short windows combined with the guys that are just entering into their prime years. So I think it's really a perfect mix mm-hmm. of them to be a World Series champion, at the very least be in the World Series, I, I think, representing the American League. I think they got the experience they needed last year in the postseason. They have that sour taste in their mouth, mainly because the front office didn't give them enough horses to compete. I think if they have a, a better rotation last year, they maybe advance and beat Oakland in that wild card series. So I think they have that chip on their shoulder, and they have that young arrogance where they don't know any better and you know that that's half the battle is is you know the visualization of it all and they've got an ace and giolito anchoring the staff so i really think this is their best year to capitalize like who knows what their window is going to look like a couple years from now but it's hard to argue with the mix that this team has right now that they can't compete for a world series you know i they're i think they're going to win the division and you know you get in you obviously you have a shot with the opening day roster, I don't know if I could go World Series, but the other thing that they also have is a lot of depth in the farm system. So if you want to make a huge splash at the deadline, 
you can trade some of your key prospects for, and you know, who knows who will be available for most likely, you know, an elite starter to be that, that perfect number two, that perfect complement to Giolito. Once you get to the postseason. And we saw last year that Giolito was made for October. He was brilliant in that outing against Oakland. So yeah, it's, it's a dangerous team. I would say they're the proverbial favorite to uh, win the American League Central and, and one of the favorites to win the American League, if not the World Series. That was Chris Castellani of Locked On Tigers. Really great guy. Uh, you should follow him at Castellani2014. Great, great, great guy. So uh, check him out there. And um, we're rooting for the Tigers, except for the times that they play the White Sox. So, Tanny, how do you, how do you think about or what do you think about us doing a – voicemail Friday. I like it. You keeping it uh, feel good fast Friday as uh, Matt Nagy says. And uh, yeah, let's hear some voices of our contributors who email us quite a bit and let's hear what they have to say in their own words, in their own voice. I'm looking forward to hearing some of these people from the first time. I know uh, My Sock Summer already has some words for me. He's going to clap back at me. and uh, We'll talk about the 108 tourney. Uh, maybe we'll be knocked out by then. I'm not quite sure about on Friday's episode, but there's that. We've got the fifth starter spot is really heating up. Carlos Rodon uh, with another solid outing. And there's a lot of other fun stuff going on in camp. Ethan Katz is, is working his magic here. So we'll, we'll get to that as well, as well as other things that have occurred in Sox camp this week. And as we inch closer here to opening day, now it's officially two weeks from yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll be breaking down Sox Angels. I'm looking forward to it. And Friday is another end to another fun week here on Locked on White Sox. So if you want to hit us up on the mailbag, how can they do that, Irby? Locked on Sox at gmail.com is the traditional way. But if you want to leave a voicemail, 312-566-8727. That is Harold Baines. You guys know who he is. He's a Hall of Famer. Then you go to A.J. Brzezinski, one of your favorite players of all time. Then Mark Burley, probably my favorite, your favorite, everybody's favorite player of all time. Jorge Orta. I didn't know who he was, but he sounds good. Ask the old heads about George Orta. They'll tell you. And then Vincent Edward Jackson. I'll tell you what. Mercy. Bo? Yeah. One of the best players of all time. If he didn't get hurt, would have set so many records. Then Carlton Fisk, one of the greatest catchers of all time. And then our guy now, Timmy Anderson, number seven. So it's an easy way for you to remember that number. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us and be on our voicemail segment. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Chris Tannehill can be found at Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Ecknerwall23. Our show is at Locked On Socks. Thank you for joining us on this crossover edition, the White Sox version of Locked On Socks.